from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by a dry ham and cheese croissant. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey, guys. Welcome to an episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I am Devin, joined as always by... Joe. And... Steve. Who's being a little butt today. (laughs) He's promised not to be a butt anymore, though. I promise not to sabotage you anymore. We are 10 minutes into recording already. And we haven't recorded anything. Well, anyway, hey, this, this is uh, you going to tell them about our October special. Yeah, so we're in the month of October now. Welcome. And uh, historically, what we do is we kind of pick a theme for the month of October because I don't know Halloween, unsolved mysteries. It even makes sense. This year, we decided to. Last year, we did murders. Yeah, really, really, yeah, really murders. heinous murders. Yeah. This year, we decided to do uh, what we're calling "Thinking Sideways is Most Wanted." where we actually did a poll for all of our uh, social media users, and they all voted. Um, we made a list of the 15 most... Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Some number of the most uh, requested Unsolved Mysteries that we get, and then we had people vote on the ones that they wanted the most. So mm-hmm. we've taken the top, I think, five... 
five or six something five depends on six. exactly how it susses out but. um we are still negotiating how long some of them are going to be <laughs> <laughs> don't don't bother to go find the link and vote guys voting's no. already closed oh gosh long yeah. long closed by Months the time this episode ago. comes out yeah, yeah sorry, um, folks. but we're gonna do the fourth runner-up today and then you know halloween special will be the first most requested oh yeah the most voted one twill indeed yeah. yeah so stay tuned it's gonna be a fun series this is our fourth runner-up and today we're gonna talk about the springfield three indeed ready okay i'm ready on june 6th 1992 Susie streeter and stacy mccall were celebrating their high school graduation uh, one of them was 18, the other was 19. Mm-hmm. The school had offered a uh, non-drinking grad night. Did you guys have that? Yes. We did too. Yeah. yeah. No, we didn't. Were they, well, you're probably too old. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't worried about underage drinking at worried. that point. Yeah. There was uh, no they... such thing as underage drinking at that point. Oh, hell. There sure as hell was. <laughs> <laughs> there was lots of it. <laughs> um, so if you're unfamiliar with this concept, basically what it is, is it's like a big old party night. Ours was casino themed. We did it at a water park, but they didn't, they wouldn't tell you where it was they just it was just a surprise the school put it on um for us at least they didn't oh tell yeah us i was gonna say we not going. not the ones i knew of. yeah they didn't tell us where we were going they just said pack a swimsuit and a change of clothes and a couple other things and you write it in a you know in a bag and you hand your bag over and they take you to the place and you're locked in all night shut in yeah it's a shut-in basically and it's a fun party as long you as you're lame like me and didn't drink in high school and like thought that hanging out was really fun if you do at drink, a water park. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, at, yours sounded cool. The one I awesome. went to was just hanging out in the gymnasium. Oh. It blew. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, yeah ours was, was at the local water park that you guys know, the indoor water park, very close to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also set up a bunch of casino tables, and they had like a mechanical bowl, and it was really fun. But also, like, there was no alcohol. Rub it in. Yeah, I will. Yeah. So anyway, this story is not about that. This story is about uh, the fact that Susie and Stacy decided, uh, that sounds lame. We don't want to do the shut-in thing. Because I think that was going to be in their gym, wasn't it? I think it was. It sounded like it was going to be a lame one, like like Steve's. Yeah. I graduated right around the same time as these two. So the shut-ins were kind of a new idea, Mm -hmm. but nobody had figured out how to... Make, make them enticing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So they, and a group of friends, it wasn't just these two girls, uh, decided they would not do the shut-in and they would do their own party. And there were a series of parties involving alcohol uh, that were well, happening It's high school night. graduation. Of yeah. course there is. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. They decided, water park theme apparently. So this group of friends decided that on Sunday, which was the next day, the 7th, they would all go to the water, a water park that was kind of close, but it was kind of a longer drive. It's like a half hour drive or something. Yeah, but they were their plan was they were going to drive there and to a motel that was close to the water park that night. That, okay, yeah. Yeah, on the 6th and stay there. The whole group was going to do that. And then they would just go to the water park the next morning. Mm-hmm. That was but, the plan. But the, the parents weren't too enthusiastic the about par- that plan. Yeah. Well, as you can imagine, right? Yeah. Parents oh, yeah. Aren't yeah. Super Hi, you're sweet. underage. It's late. You've been celebrating with drinks, whether mm-hmm. we told you you could or not. And yeah. now you're going to get into a bunch of cars and drive on the freeway. Yeah. And, you know, none of... I've listened to a fair number of interviews with parents that were involved in this whole situation. And none of them seemed to... You know, they all kind of seemed to be understanding and okay with the fact that the kids were going to drink. 
and really their their concern was like hey maybe don't go drive for yep. a long time after you've been drinking not like hey don't drink yeah so they decided instead of going to the motel they would stay with their friend janelle who was also a part of this party she was a senior she, she was also a senior yeah so they got to her house after one of the parties um but it turned out i don't know why janelle didn't know this but apparently she didn't but it turned out that like all of her extended family was staying for the graduation they were all from some other state. another state yeah from so Kansas, they were i think yeah so they were visiting so they were all staying there so the house was pretty full and you know the girls could have just slept on the floor but Susie's mom lived pretty close by and she was a she was a single mom so it was just her at the house and you know there was plenty of room so Susie said you know what stacy and i are gonna go we're gonna drive back to my mom's house and we're gonna stay there tonight and her mom's instead. name was cheryl and her mom's name was cheryl yeah so we've got Susie, stacy and cheryl mm -hmm. this is you've got to kind of keep these straight guys because mm -hmm. it, it is if you don't if you're not reading it constantly it's it will get, get a little confusing yeah it is yeah because we've got so it's it's Susie streeter mm-hmm and her mom Cheryl is Levitt. Cheryl. Cheryl Levitt. Yep. Cheryl Levitt, yeah. And then the other girl is Stacy McCall. McCall mm -hmm. And she's the friend. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of name dropping. So yeah. I just want to try and lay some groundwork for folk. Because yeah. I read two or three articles and then went, wait, what? Huh? Yeah, like, who's, yeah which one? And is. Especially when you get with the with the daughters. With yes. the daughter and the friend. I and, got, I and they all confused. have different last names. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that was the other part. All mothers and classes. daughters in this story don't have the same last name, yeah. which makes mm -hmm. it tough. Yeah. Yeah, although yeah. Uh, Susie's brother does have the same last name as her. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. the only consistent that last name. That was the only one. Yeah, that was the only one. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry, I interrupted. So they're, oh, no, they're, no, they're going to Cheryl's house. So they're going to Cheryl's house, yeah. Uh, and they that's... drive separately. They, they have both have their cars wherever they were, so they decide to drive separately over to Cheryl's house. And they called Cheryl at about like 10.30 that night. To say, hey, we actually decided we're going to come back there after we're done partying. Okay. But they continued to be out partying for a while after that. You look confused. Well, no. I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to reconcile, and maybe you can help me get a beat on this, sure. is I know that Stacy called her mom and told her mom that she was going to be staying at... Uh, What's the friend's Janelle. name? Janelle's house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she had she didn't know about this change of plans, mm -hmm. and so I'm just trying to figure out: did they all plan to do that, and she just didn't call her mom, or do you have a good sense of it? I think I I don't think it was a a plan necessarily. I think I you it know, and happened. I don't know. I think it just happened, and you know, and the reading that I saw it did say that Susie called her mom to discuss the plans although I guess now that I think about it, it didn't clarify what plans they were talking about so it could have been the change of plans from the motel to Janelle's house and that she never they just showed up at Cheryl's house at uh, they're teenage girls. Yeah. I mean, they're teenagers. Yeah. I shouldn't say yeah. girls. They're teenagers. They're yeah. they're prone to just erratically changing plans. Yes and yeah. and yeah. everybody please do keep in mind this is pre cell phone. Yeah this is nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. So they're, they weren't going to you know, just text mom and be like, okay, we're coming over now, actually. Just kidding. You yeah, know? you can't send her an email because no. it's, you know, 4K mm -hmm. modem or whatever they were. Yeah. Yep. Um, 32K. And they actually, and the girls didn't arrive at Cheryl's house until uh, like 2.15 is what they guess, a.m. So I would suspect that the plans kind of changed. Everyone was asleep at Janelle's house and they didn't want to wake anybody up using the phone. So they just headed over there. But they drove separate cars. Cheryl had been home all evening. She was reportedly refinishing a dresser. I, I, that's yeah. according to a friend. She spoke to a friend on the phone at like 11.15 p.m. 
who said she was talking about the project she was working on, which was refinishing a dresser. And uh, that's like the last confirmed anything we know about them at all. All, th- all, all three. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All three. Not a clue left behind. No. Essentially, sometime between 2.15 a.m. and 8 a.m., these three women just vanished, basically. I mean, really, basically. They evaporated, yeah. Yeah. It, for for all anybody can tell, they were just raptured, clothes and all. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, like, that's... It, they just disappeared. So when, you, when, when the rapture comes, you don't get to take your purse with you? Don't your, think so. Or, or your, your cigarettes? Yeah. yeah. So Janelle, when Stacy and Susie left Janelle's house, she said, all right, you know what? Just call me in the morning, like 8 a.m. Like, let's wake up at 8 um, you know, I think the water park opened at like nine or something. So they were like, yeah, you know what? Call me at eight. Um, we'll figure out who's driving all of that stuff. And then we'll just go from there. So she was expecting to hear from them at 8 a.m. Sometime in the morning. At yeah. Least. I mean, they're, they're teenage kids. They sleep in. They've mm-hmm. been up till two in the morning. Yeah. I don't, if I'm up till two in the morning, I don't get up at 8 a.m. No, nah, I don't neither. usually either. But I, I think I did when it. I was 18, especially if I was excited about something. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, she doesn't hear from them and she just calls the house. And I think it was reported to be pretty close to eight. You know, she seemed like she was kind of, you know, ready to go and a little annoyed that they hadn't called her yet. So she called them and she called a couple times and there was no answer. And so she called her boyfriend to come pick her up, um, and drive her over to Cheryl's house. When they got there, all three of the cars, because Susie had her own car, Stacy had her own car, and then Cheryl had her car. Um, all three of the cars were parked outside. When they, they walked onto the porch, and they noticed there was broken glass on the porch. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Janelle said that she noticed that the the dome light on the porch like was... the globe the glass globe that goes yeah around the that it was bulb. broken yeah it um, was a was it a i could never because you see the recreations and i've seen the pictures of the house it's actually the a, a globe though right mm-hmm. i know that sounds dumb to ask but the domes or as we refer to them the boob lights are always in the actual ceiling mm-hmm. so that makes a difference in terms of where yeah, no, it, is it was and... an actual globe okay they know i don't think they make the as you so aptly put it boob lights as porch lights usually yeah you don't see it often but yeah because it's too much wiring to have uh, i don't know i'm making that up (laughs) you don't see nobody please probably for that reason yeah we'll do a survey so (laughs) janelle being a good friend and neighbor thinks oh that's not good i'll sweep that up I think her hmm. boyfriend swept it up. I think her boyfriend did. But yeah. one of the two of them oh, swept nice up. Them. Yeah, they swept up the glass and threw it in the trash, which is is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and apparently later on, the police were helpless to well, fish we'll those about, fragments out of the Yeah, we'll of talk the about that in a second. Yeah. So it was nice of them, and they just figured, oh, well, the girls are still asleep. They knocked, or, you know, Janelle and her boyfriend knocked a couple times, and they didn't hear a response, and they figured, oh, well, they're just still asleep. We better go in and, you know, wake them up. And the door was unlocked. Uh, It was closed, but it was unlocked. Yep. And they went in and genuinely didn't think anything was wrong. Um, You know, all of their stuff was there, their purses. All three of the women had purses there. And then um, Susie and Cheryl both were smokers, and they both of their packs of cigarettes were there. Um, their car keys were there. Car keys, everything. Um, the dog. The dog named Cinnamon, which was reportedly agitated, but not, I mean, not harmed or anything. And it's probably just hungry. Yeah, probably. Uh, so they went in, and um, Janelle reported that 
it looked like um, both the beds, Susie and Cheryl's beds, had been slept in. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean anything because a lot doesn't of people really. don't make their beds. That's true. Yeah. So that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, true. Yeah. But that's a good point. She didn't really know what was going on, so she just started to leave the house. They were like, "All right, I guess they just went to the water park without us, uh-huh. without what any of jerk. their stuff." Um, and right as Janelle was leaving, the phone rang, and she answered it because I guess she thought maybe I, I don't know why she answered this it. This is so. Weird. Would you answer somebody else's phone in their house? I don't know. If they're guess, not home, I, I, I might actually because I mean she's wondering what happened and she's thinking maybe somebody uh, it's, maybe it's Susie calling. Well, I don't know why Susie would call because she wouldn't expect Janelle to be there. But you know, maybe it was like a brother saying like you know because she did have a brother. You know, maybe it was the brother saying like, oh, I just wanted to check. Oh yeah, and they were going to do this thing. You know, I get okay. I can. See I don't that. know. It's weird to me. It but is. I, I agree. It. It's weird to me too. But that's what happened. She answered the phone, and on the other end was a male voice just saying lewd, Perv. pervy comments mm-hmm. to her. And so she hung up the phone, and it rang again, and it was the same person saying the same sort of stuff. You know, the, the caller ID has eliminated that one thing from our society, if well, nothing else. Except for, you know, star, yeah. star whatever it is, the block star your number. Six, nine yeah. is the like redial, but yeah, there's the one to block your number, but uh-huh. they're good enough at picking those things up. That almost never happens yeah. anymore. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I was getting those calls all the time. Yeah. It was awful. No. So Janelle and her boyfriend left after the two weird, creepy, pervy calls. They didn't feed the dog. I don't, she didn't say anything about feeding the dog. She also didn't report them missing. Yeah. Because she, well, yeah, she thought she knew where they were. were. Yeah. I mean, I guess on the one hand, right? But I would like, I probably would have like told my mom or somebody. I would have told somebody, oh yeah, it was weird. They weren't there. They're like those mean girls. They left, but like it was weird. Their cars and their purses were there. So like, uh. She may very well have done that. Maybe. And whoever she said it to just didn't, you know, I mean, this is a very innocuous thing. I went over to somebody's house. They weren't there like they told me they were going to be. Yeah, that How familiar does this sound? Yeah, yeah happens all the time. I guess, like for me, and probably it's because I come from this like unsolved mystery headspace. But like, the glass was broken, the door was unlocked, the dog was mad, their stuff was all there. They weren't. I would be like, wow, there's lots of weird little red flags here. Maybe... See, no, you're from the cell phone generation where you're in contact all the time. I think Joe might be in the same boat. I've gone over to people's house. Free yeah. cell phone. I was supposed to meet him at two o'clock or whatever. Knock on the door and they're not there. And you sit in your car and you wait for five minutes right. and then you wander around the house and you and try. You and... don't go into the house and but... see that all their stuff is there, though. No, no. See, that's but that's the thing is I would never have just wandered unless it was a house that I went into on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And maybe Janelle did. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, she might have been very familiar with the mom and Susan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that brings up a bit of a point. Um, the fact that their cigarettes were there. Cheryl's son slash Susie's brother describes his mom as the kind of chain smoker who wouldn't leave a pack in a room when she left the room. She always had him with her. She's a good smoker. Yeah. yeah. So if Janelle knew... She might not have known that. I don't know. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah. It'd be hard to not know there's it also if you such encounter thing the mom ever. Well, there's also such a thing as another pack of That's smokes. That's true. That's so, true. Yeah. 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 So, okay. After this, Janelle and her boyfriend go to the water park. 
the girls aren't there, but she, I guess she doesn't think anything of it. And Stacy McCall's mom was expecting a call from her daughter in the morning and she knew that she was supposed to be at janelle's house so she called janelle's house and janelle's sister answered and said oh no no they stayed at Susie's house last night and she was kind of annoyed but she i believe she was going to buy like a wedding dress or something with her other daughter something there was like some that. big yeah. appointment that she had to keep so she thought all right well i don't know the phone number over there so i'll just swing by after did she know where they actually lived I don't yeah, think she, did she, she I think she got the address from Janelle. Okay. Or Janelle's sister. Because I knew she didn't have the phone number because they just recently moved into the mm-hmm. house. She got the she got the address somewhere somehow because she later went by the house. Yeah. This <laughs> was of like eight or nine no no no, I'm sorry. This was more than twelve hours after they had left. It was in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what time, to be honest. Pretty with sure you. it was. So she went to the house and she also found the door to be unlocked and also found all the cars there. And she says that when she went in, the TV was turned on to, like, fuzz. Yeah, white noise. Yeah, to just, like, white noise. And she said that she had a really weird, eerie feeling about the whole situation. She also saw that the there were messages on the, the message machine. Yeah. So she... Things I wouldn't have done. Yeah. Yeah, although that... at this point, like, if you haven't heard from your daughter in a really, really, really long time... That's a long time to not hear from your daughter after a night of drinking, I think. Um, but so she listens to the the messages. And and there how was many a, messages were there? I think there was just the one. There was several, but I I don't I don't know that we have an exact number because she didn't remember. She didn't remember. And she didn't remember what the content of the messages was. She didn't. Uh-uh. Now that's... There was one message that she remembered being really really suspicious. It was a male voice who was saying, I think, lewd things again. Probably the same but guy. But she said she didn't remember. And also, oops, she deleted the the message. Uh-huh, yeah. Oops! Yeah. So the cops, just to, like, head all of your like, screaming nightmare sounds off, the cops are very sure that that was probably a pretty important clue. Uh-huh, it could have been. Any clue that you lose is important because if it's not there anymore, you spend so many man hours trying to chase it down. So regardless of if it actually was worth a damn, it was important. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it could have just been just some, some prankster again. Yeah. Some jerk. But... Stacy's McCall, Stacey McCall's mom was worried, so she decided to go to the police. She hadn't heard from her daughter. She felt really weird in the house. She heard a weird message. So she went to the police and reported them missing. And the police have later since revealed kind of another big problem with this case is that apparently anywhere between 10 and 20 people came to the house looking for Cheryl and Stacy and, let and themselves Susie in. and let themselves in and walked mm-hmm. around. Contaminated and like, the whole thing. Contaminated the whole thing. It's, it's little things like um, in Susie's room, apparently the blinds, the, the, not the blinds, the curtains were open a little bit. Like somebody was peeking out, which I think would be a very interesting clue if we could know that Stacy had done it. Or Susie, I'm sorry. See, I'm doing it already. Yeah. If we knew that, if we knew that one of the three women had done that, it would be interesting to know because it would at least mean that, oh, there was something that had happened outside the house. Well, but the other hard part here is that there's the dog. Yeah. And the well, dog it, it could seemed, have been. The sense that I had was that it was more than just a dog like shoving his face into the, you know, it was parted a little at the top. 
Oh, see, I got that when when I heard the way it was described or read the way it was described, I got the idea that it was, you know, maybe a slit that was about a foot or so tall. Interesting. And just a little bit open because to me that insinuates peaking when you're barely pushing them open Mm -hmm. so you can see out but nobody realizes you're doing it, Uh which is how cats and dogs leave curtains when they're done watching outside. Yeah, that's fair. I hadn't thought of that. Very true. It could just be a a case of sloppy curtain closing. Yeah, Yeah. which is rampant in this country. Yeah, it it really is. It's a big problem. Also, as Joe mentioned, the broken glass would have probably been a pretty important clue. You know, like, well... A brake pattern was the bulb broken as well. I don't think the bulb the, was broken. The bulb wasn't broken. Yeah. You know, so it's little things like that that would have been probably. How was the grass glass broken? Was it like, you know, a bullet? Well, I mean, yeah, you can tell things like that based on how big the pieces are. Did it did look it, like? And did it look like somebody had like whacked it with a bat or like hit it up or like? Or what, did you it know? look like it just finally came loose? Yeah, because yeah. they do yeah. that. Yeah, they do that. those little screws work themselves loose. Oh, they, those yeah. little screws are worthless. Yeah, and those things are known to occasionally just drop to the ground. Mm-hmm. So that would have been a pretty interesting clue to have. But we don't have it, so... Well, did, did, so did the, the police not fish the fragments out of the garbage? I guess not. I guess by that time, they were gone. So, the... I never Janelle read... went over on Sunday morning. Uh-huh, at like 8 o'clock in the morning. And the cops must have shown up sometime Monday morning. So, the Because cops... they didn't go over right away. <laughs> they did. They went over pretty quick and left a note on the door that was like, Hey, Cheryl, when you get home, can you let us know? Yeah. And they didn't hear anything for another day, and they were like, Okay, all right, fine, I guess we'll go. So it's very possible that Monday was trash day mm-hmm. and her yeah. garbage was already out or yeah. maybe the um, Janelle's boyfriend just threw it in that and, you know, wheeled it out there. Being yeah. the nice, oh, well, or know, maybe he didn't even day. throw it in a trash can. Maybe he just threw it in the street. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. I mean, you know. That is sadly quite possible. Yeah. I mean, right. it's totally possible that he was he was like, oh, yeah, I'll clean this up. No problem, Janelle. Okay. Ha. Huh. Great. What, what's so... going on? Yeah. What are, what are we doing in here now? Yeah. Right. I'm going to pause here to mention before we move into the theories situation that there have been more than 5,000 tips regarding this case. And I am just going to briefly mention two of them because I think they're interesting and important. The first tip is that a server at one of Cheryl's favorite restaurants, I think it's called George's Steakhouse. Yes. Uh, in Springfield said that the women came in sometime between 1 and 3 a.m. And was this all three women? Yes. It was all three women. They all arrived together and departed together. And she said that Susie seemed to be really drunk and upset about something, and Cheryl was trying to calm her down the whole time. Hmm. But even... but So that was a regular hangout of hers? Of Cheryl's? Yeah. Yeah. The police seem to discount this a little bit. They say, you know, it's really popular and it was really busy, so it's possible she was mistaken it for a different night, which is fair. I mean, you know, if they they could have gone there Friday night instead to celebrate graduation. Yeah. And that it just got a little mixed up. And it's not unreal, you know, at 18 or 19 when you're drunk and, you know, emotional times of graduation are happening. The other thing is witness testimony is not all that reliable as we oh, no. talked about. Yeah, not yeah. at all. I, have you guys, I just watched the other day, have you seen that movie Horns? No. no. With, um... Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I, I just watched that the other mm-hmm. day, and 
that guy's been doing some weird movies, and he's been doing a good job in them, because yeah. I'm sure that after eight Harry Potter films, he wants to do anything not normal. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a, there's a scene where somebody is making a claim, and it turns out they're making this claim because they want to be the star in front and center, and there's... But people do that weird crap. Yeah. You know, oh, well, I uh, want to be I want to be remembered forever. I want to help. Yeah, and yeah, and people, it, it is the attention thing. Yep. You know? Yeah. Another tip is that a woman said that she saw a woman matching Susie's description driving an early model Dodge van that was described as either moss or celery green, depending on where you read or hear about it. The witness said that Susie looked like she had been crying heavily and was turning the van around that she was driving and uh, said that a she heard a male voice say, don't do anything stupid as Susie was was turning the van around. Because of this tip, the police got a van that matched the description. It was the same year make and model and painted it the color that was described and put it out in front of the police station with a sign that was like, hey, if you see a van like this, let us know. Yeah, I saw a picture of it. I love this van. Do you know why I love this van? Because it looks like the Scooby-Doo gang van. Kind of. It really, it's kind of the right color. It's kind Mm -hmm. of the right make and model. Mm -hmm. It's really funny, but... Are you you thinking Scooby-Doo and gang? No, but I I really, it's it's just, I love whenever I can find a Scooby-Doo reference in a story. But you know, the thing about that van, the only place I ever saw pictures of it was on um, Disappeared. That episode that they did on this? They, they're, um, a picture of it is attached to all three of the women's Charlie project pages. Oh, okay. So okay. it's, it's accepted more than just the disappeared. Cause I, I would have a problem if it was just the disappeared. Episode, yeah. I, yeah. I have lots of problems with disappeared and yeah. I don't know if we want me to get on that soapbox or no, not. I do but... not. I think this episode is going to be long enough as <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But no, I agreed. I, I did see it at spent okay. places. Yeah. That was my thing. I was like, eh, looks yeah, like yeah, old yeah. news footage, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. It could have been recreation. Who knows? Cause they love recreate yeah. dramatic no. recreation. Yeah. The, not just a recreation. The picture of that van, um, is on the Charlie project website. So I, pre- I'm going to accept it as a real thing. Okay. It's yeah. not a dramatic van. <laughs> no. Got it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, Although they, did they, they, they ever, after they got this van, did they ever show it to their witness and say, Hey, does this look like a, actually, yeah, they did. Better still have a van lineup, you know, have a four car line. <laughs> no. Talk about three or four vans there and see, Well, no, that's how they the matched the color was because they said, is this the color you were describing? And she said, yeah, it was the color. Um, but so she actually didn't know that this like manhunt was happening for was a this, few days. Was this daytime, by the way? Or nighttime. It was morning. It was in the morning. morning. But I thought she she didn't report this for weeks. Well, that was it. She didn't know it was happening, so she didn't report it. I think it was like a week and a half after. Something like that. Okay. Um, and her story was, um, I guess, corroborated kind of by a um, newspaper boy who was delivering. So it was an early. It was in the early morning. Um, he was delivering, but he said the van was brown. So. I love witnesses. Okay. Um, but that gives us a bit of a time frame as well that it was kind of earlier in the morning but it was light out it wasn't wasn't dusk it was june so it's not like dawn yeah and then a man later told authorities that he had seen a van matching 
the description that we've just talked about that was um, being driven by a blonde woman. Well, it was it was parked in a grocery parking lot, um, but the woman behind the wheel was a blonde woman. And he wrote down the license plate number because for some reason he thought it was suspicious. This was before he knew that it was tied up in this disappearance. But he tossed the paper he wrote the license plate number down before he contacted the police. And then he contacted the police. And then the police said, all right, well, we're going to hypnotize you then to find out what the license plate number was. And he was only able to recall three of the digits, the first three digits of the license plate. So those are some interesting, credible tips. Why in the hell do they hypnotize people? I don't know. Yeah. It's just suggestion. I know. It's bad. Yeah. It's it bad. actually can introduce more unreliable. Oh, yeah. 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 Every yeah. time. It's like, uh, what was it? The, the Ketty murders when they hypnotized oh. that one kid and yeah. suddenly all this stuff comes out? It's like, what? What? What was the question you asked? Like, we never get to hear what the questions were specifically. Mm-hmm. It's just what the answers were. Yeah. Because they're leading you. I don't know if you yeah. guys have done it. I've gone to a hypnotist before, and they are hugely leading. Oh. Yeah, you he didn't me. manage to hypnotize me. Maybe that's because he sucked, and that's why his questions were so leading. Uh-huh. I don't know, yeah. but. Well, you're uh, on a soapbox already. Again, right. it's yeah. okay. Uh, let's talk about theories. But I like some uh, theories. Um, and I just want to quickly do a little bit of a disclaimer. Some of the people we're going to talk about did some pretty, really horrible Oh, yeah, there's some things. despicable folk. And we're going to talk about it. Not graphic detail, but some of our listeners are, like, under wow. 15. So, like, maybe close your ears. Yeah. Cool. Most of, our listen- most of our listeners are pretty tough. Yeah, most of them. I just... Don't want you to. Be I just don't want to give you more ten-year-old girls nightmares. Yeah, I really. still feel bad about that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And there are literally no happy theories here. There's no. We didn't run away and join the circus. There's no one I don't think on this planet who believes that something good happened to these women. Uh, no, it seems uh, extremely unlikely. Yeah. With that being said, let's go ahead and start into the theories. The brother. <sighs> Bart. This is our first suspect. Yeah, our first name, theory. Yeah, so that's Susie's brother. Yeah, we're doing yeah. we're doing suspects as theories, I guess. I don't think um, he was ever really a suspect, though, was he? I mean, I he was think, a person of interest. I think he was a person of interest, and as soon as they actually interviewed him, they decided, oh, just kidding, never yeah. mind. He did have a drinking problem. Uh, but then again, he was I don't a know dude that he had a in his drinking 20s. problem. He, he drank. He was a twenty-something well, who drank would too say, much. I would say that he had a drinking problem in that he got really angry when he drank as much as he drank. Oh, okay. So I would qualify that as a drinking problem versus somebody who drinks a lot and is still like you can hang out with them and that's fine. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. 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 But, so that and that's the sad thing about it is that that yeah. guy is kind of a rift in the family. Yeah, it did, and he had recently gotten into a fight. With his mother and sister. Well, his, his sister used to live with him. His sister used to live with him, um, and he got really angry and drunk one night, and they got in a huge fight, and so she left, and um, Susie and Cheryl had decided at that point that they would just no longer be in contact. They were cutting him. him off. Yeah, they were cutting him off, basically. He's obviously, I don't think he's real, like a real suspect at all. I think they looked into him because he was a male who was connected to the story. And he mm. was an easy person to, you know, say, well, it wasn't that person. Well, you know, it's people you look at first. It's yeah. family and, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Family, ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, I saw an interview with him and, uh, yeah, he did uh, He didn't know. do it. No, no, I don't think so. It doesn't no. appear that way. No, no, God, no. Next is the mafia. 
Yeah, Apparently, there one. are a lot of local rumors. I couldn't find anything to corroborate anything except for a bunch of people on um, uh. either Reddit or WebSleuth saying, well, I'm a local and I heard this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, apparently, Cheryl's sister was involved in the mafia and this was a mafia hit to hurt the sister. I don't... <laughs> Yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't think so because unless the mafia's changed, they, they they used to have like kind of a code of a code of ethics about stuff like this, about leaving leaving the family out of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially female members of family members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and wait, what was Cheryl's last name? Levitt. Levitt. Yeah. Well, Le- no, her maiden name was. It's not a very Italian sounding no. name. No, that's true. I I don't remember. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. what it is either because you remember. never see it used, no. but. I don't know that you're required to be uh, to be Italian to be in the mob, though. No, you're not. Yeah. But I would think that to be it, someone to be in a place where we're gonna whack your family mm. level of hit, you've got to be really deep in the family and probably grew up in it. Yeah, I, I yeah. probably. Yeah, I didn't get that impression at all from this single mom who's a hairdresser. Yeah, she was a hairdresser. By the way, we didn't mention that she was a hairdresser. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no, she had the, totally had that burnt blonde oh, God, the hair. '90s hair. Both the of hair, them, all three of them. The <laughs> hair was just all, all three of them. So the entire town, the, the '80s bangs. Wait, I just, yeah. uh, they I call did. it the Kansas claw. Actually, I did. <laughs> No, seriously, it's, it's what it's called. The Kansas that, clock? That. Oh, the Kansas claw. Bang thing. Yeah. Anyway, next, uh, I guess, group of people is um, Dustin Reckla or Michael Clay or Joseph Rydell. Or all three together. Or all or three together. some combination thereof. Mm-hmm. So Dustin was actually Susie's boyfriend until about March of 1992. I'm guessing... It was that that's never like explicitly said, but uh, she broke up with him after this thing that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, all three of these men were charged with. And these were young men. They were young like, men. Uh, they were like 18, 17 to 19. They were charged with felony institutional vandalism for breaking into a mausoleum on yeah. February 21st of 1992. Yeah, classy guys. Really classy. Is that Valentine's Day? No, 14th. No. Oh, Steve. Pretty close, though. But, oh, Steve. I'm married. I don't have to worry about these things. Oh, Steve. (laughs) I don't know how long you're going to be married for. I have Google Calendar. It tells me the important (laughs) things I need to remember. Yeah, yeah, better. Um, So this was actually the reason that Susie broke up with Dustin. She apparently was hanging out with the boys and didn't know that that was the plan until suddenly she was there at a mausoleum and they were breaking into things. And, uh, you know, personally, I would would not want to date a grave robber. No, me neither. So she broke up with him and she provided a statement to the police, which was instrumental in the conviction of these three boys, men. Mm. And Um, maybe just to describe their crime a little bit more, they not only broke into the mausoleum they took some skulls out they of the took mausoleum a bunch of skulls and some uh, other skeleton bones skeleton bones skeletal remains um and, and then... dustin actually sold 26 grams of gold fillings from the skulls at a local pawn shop i uh, believe that's where he sold it yeah and the the dude who worked there was like yeah i'll buy them from you but then i'm gonna call the cops yeah, because I'm sorry, but what? fillings are pretty damn obvious. Fillings, yeah. and also there were probably a few 
pulled, you know, full on gold teeth yeah, in there. Yeah, probably. Too. I was going to say, yeah, they, yeah. they look like teeth. They're yeah. very obvious. Yeah. It's, it's a little surprising because I thought that's what the people at the funeral homes did. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought they pulled those before they buried people. Yeah, that's but what hey, I thought. Yeah. These were high dollar yeah. funeral directors. Yeah, I guess. They, they, none of those shenanigans. Oh, no. Well, not maybe, in Springfield. Maybe you get some sort of a special, you pay $500 more, we won't rob the corpse. I, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So there's this little tidbit that gets thrown around a lot that I think is like blown way out of proportion. But apparently after the cops were called, they went to uh, question Dustin. His sister answered. Um, she didn't let them in, but they were able to see behind her that there were a lot of occult things like a pentagram. A pentagram. And, and according to the disappeared episode, red candles. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's. And a candelabra. I think that's crazy blown out of proportion. Because, especially because they say, oh, when they came back the next day, Dustin was there and all the things were gone. And it's just kind of like, oh my God. In guys. the early 90s, you got to remember there was such a weird devil worship panic in this country, though. Hmm. People were so. Especially Springfield is like. It's got a, you I know. Mean, a, would you call it central Midwest? Yeah. Or, I mean, it's, it's in that, that Bible belt to me. Kind of. And there were, I mean, even where I lived in, in Oregon, there was a bit of that. Oh my gosh, don't do this. It's safe. But also in the nineties, right. That was like the, the start of the hot topic generation. You know, it's yes. like you have both the goth hot topic kind of punk rocker kids growing up as well as the people who are really scared of those mm-hmm. people. And to have some red candles, really means that you're dumb and shop at Spencer's more than it does you're worshiping the devil, but okay. Yeah, and it probably wasn't some giant um, tapestry. It was probably a damn poster Yeah, held up with Could poster. It probably was a poster of, like, a band <laughs> that just happened to have a It was a Pantera yeah. band poster something or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would make total uh, sense. Generally speaking, when you're if you're worshiping the devil, you don't actually put obvious signs where they can be seen right from your front door. Yeah, that's you the know? other part Put of them it, in a back right? room or something like yeah. that. Well, according to the local police, they always had signs that, with an arrow that said devil worshiping this way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the way they made it out to me is when I was that age. So I don't mm. think it was any of these boys, although apparently Dustin gave an interview in which he said he hoped the women were dead. Mm. Well, he, was, he might have been upset with Susie. I'm sure he was. He had been and charged that at was, that point, I think. And that was a pretty dumb thing to do. When they're like, hey, we're going to question you in conjunction with the disappearance of three women who are probably dead for you to say, yeah, I hope they are. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe that was a dumb choice, but I don't think anybody really thinks that he did it. Did he say that after they had disappeared? Is that when he said I it? thought so. Okay. And yeah. I, I believe that too, but I, I thought can... he was being questioned in conjunction with... I see. I know that he did it in front of... A, if I remember right, it was I thought in front he did of a reporter. It was in front of a reporter, yeah. so I'm pretty sure he was at the courthouse, probably had to go in for a hearing. He realizes he's going to get the entire book thrown at him and is furious and has to take it out on somebody. Yeah. So, yeah. let's blame that bleep who turned me in let's say some really bad things about her. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's exactly what I this agree. I think that's yeah. what everybody thinks pretty much, but he's on the list of suspects. Slash he's a all three of them. Yeah. But yeah, again, grave robbing is bad, but bad. it's not quite like yeah. you know, 
you know, mass murder. Yeah. So next is um, Larry Dwayne Hall. This guy is weird. Yeah. yeah he's kind of uh, developmentally disabled, I think is the term. Well, but he's creepy looking. I don't mm. mean like, he's, you know, his like, mental faculty. Like Charles he just, Manson creepy looking. Yes. I mean, he's got the big mutton chops. Yeah. And... Well, because he was a Civil War reenactor. Yes. Right? With his twin? Yes. He's a twin. Uh, okay. Yeah, Gary and Larry. Yeah, because parents, if you have twins, don't be so freaking cute to name your kids with rhyming similar yeah, names. Yeah, it's and extra creepy rude. when one of them ends up to be a psychopath. Yeah, way to go. Yeah. You know, making the normal one feel even weirder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was because, correct me if I'm wrong here, Joe, Gary was the normal one and it was Larry who had... It was born with the umbilical cord around his neck. Is that this what? is what I heard? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. that's he, so he, he was oxygen a... deprivation as a child. Yeah. So he uh... he was a little. So he was. De- uh... de- what did you call it? Developmentally Deve- disabled. Develop- I don't, yeah, and I didn't, that that might be an offensive term by now. I don't know. I apologize. Microaggression. <laughs> I know, but anyway, yeah. So he was very low IQ. Or is, or is I should say. Well, yeah, and he, to the best of my knowledge, is still alive, but in prison, of course. Okay, so Devin, what what's this guy? He was traveling in the area, right? Yeah, right for a recreation, wasn't it? Well, I there was there, there was, was like a bunch of happening. Well, yeah, his because it was. Oh God, I'm gonna keep screwing their names up. Way to go, parents! I'm gonna keep complaining Larry. about this family. Was the Gary, okay. the normal one, had uh-huh. gotten into Civil War reenactments. Mm-hmm. And he got Larry into it because Gary always had friends. And Larry was the one who sat in the corner by himself. Weird. And he brought him to those and he started making friends. And I know that like one of the, the reason he that Larry really liked it is because he could grow the big mutton chops and hide the fact that he had really bad acne. Because if you see the pictures of him, they're massive mutton oh, yeah. chops. Oh, yeah. Um, like the size of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. but uh, but I know that he he was you know he, 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 obviously the guy had something wrong because he didn't shower all the time. Like that was one of the reasons that people wouldn't hang out with him is he didn't shower. But if you're gonna yeah. do a really realistic Civil War reenactment, that's it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. right. But you don't smell sh- kind of bad. You don't show up to the month ahead of time meeting stinking of your own filth. You no, might probably yeah. Okay, well, but um, okay. You're right. I what was I thinking? <sighs> Obviously, Larry needed a caretaker. But no, but he um, he, he got arrested in '93 for the mur- I believe it's the murder of Lori DePease, mm-hmm. and he drove a van. Mm-hmm. Like this, this guy. I really want it to be this guy because mm-hmm. it makes it so easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for the fact that his mental faculties make it so hard to pin him down because he had a van, mm. he would pick up girls, and by his own admission, sometimes nothing happened and he let them, you know, they, he took them somewhere or sometimes they didn't. Like, he he coerced one lady to come to his van so he could show her a photo album of antique cars. Girls, like, don't be nice to the guy who dumb. gives you the creeps. Like, don't go to his van. Yeah. Never. Like, I doesn't even if he doesn't give you the creeps, because some of the people we're going to talk to, like on the face value, if I didn't know their criminal history, I'd be like, yeah, maybe huh. I'd go to your van with you. But don't is... ever go to somebody's van. Just don't yeah, do it. Don't. don't do it. Yeah. Or a As car, a child or, or an bicycle. adult, never, ever. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really want to see a, a van bike, though. You said bicycle. Bike? I really bike? want to see that. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, as, far as, as far as 
Paul goes. I, I I can't believe he did it himself. If he had a partner, maybe somebody with a little more brains, then well, that's the, that's the thing is, Emma was he he suspected of abducting and possibly killing up to what is it, forty women? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but those are all one offs. Yeah. Like somebody caught his attention and he followed that person and then talked them into getting into the creepy van. Yeah. And everything was okay. And abducted them. Yes. Not like murdered and disappeared them forever. And they were one-off, one at a time. Yeah. That's why I I really, it'd be so easy to pin it on this guy. Yeah. Because you can tell he's got problems. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I think three women, as soon as, as soon as things start to go bad, if, you know, if you're not on top of it, there's going to be some fighting back. Somebody's going to get away. It's, uh, you know, actually, I I really kind of think that it'd be, it would be hard for one person to do this. I agree. Be, you know, two guys with guns could do it quite easily. Yeah. One guy with a gun, I suppose. Maybe. I suppose. Yeah. So let me let me ask you a question. Larry, I know, according to some sources on the internet, could have been working in cahoots with his brother, Gary. Because some people say Gary is, was probably the one that was doing it. That he was the mastermind and just blaming it. Yes. Right. And and Larry, of course, just went along with it, not knowing any better, just yeah. admitted to what his brother told him to admit to. Mm-hmm. But Joe brings up a good point, and I want to ask this, because I haven't seen this anywhere. Do any of our suspects, and I'm using air quotes on that, mm. are they, have they ever been known to work with a second or third party? No. Okay. No, except for if it were the three boys. That's that the only one together. where there could have been... We, we've got a good idea of multiple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next up, Stephen Eugene Garrison. You ever know serial killers always have this middle name? They always have three they always names. always have three names. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand that. I mean, I understand if it's three first names because I've heard that before, but it's now they just used all of their names. Yeah. Not always. Stephen Eugene Garrison, those really aren't first names to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder... If- Larry yeah. Dwayne Hall, not first names, all first names. Larry and Dwayne are. Yeah. Yeah. Hall is not a first name. Well, Dwayne, the way he spells it is dumb. Dwayne. D-Wayne. D-Wayne. Yeah, but that's not unusual. Yeah, that, no, that's... That spelling is not, not too terribly unusual. Okay, yeah, so Garrison <clears throat> is currently serving 40 years for raping, sodomizing, and terrorizing a female college student in the summer of 1993 in Springfield. Nice guy. He apparently party, evidently. had air quote friend uh, who was drunk at a party once, and this air quote friend confessed to killing the Springfield Three. And it's unclear if the police believed that this was an actual friend or if it was an air quote friend, as I've been referring to it as. He gave testimony. He said, "Hey, actually, I know something about the Springfield Three. I know about those missing women." Did he? Uh, was this in the context of he was already in prison, or he? Was, yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. this and, and friend? Is this in the context of I'm calling the the radio sh- or I'm going to the doctor to ask about this thing that my friend might have? Well, that's why have, I say the air of? quote friend, and okay. I don't know if the police believe that it was a friend that told him all this stuff, or if he was just. He's only serving scam. 40 years somehow for raping, sodomizing, and terrorizing a female. But hey, cool. He's going to get out sometime in his life. So uh, if he admitted to doing the Springfield 3, obviously he would never get out. No. Um, he was able to provide information that was unknown to the public. And um, some of the information led investigators to serve three search warrants on a property that had been owned by a, na- a man named Francis Lee Robb Sr. Is that the farm? <laughs> 
One of the places I think I seem to remember them going to was, you know, doing multiple checks on was a farm. I don't know if you remember what. Are we talking was. about the farm that was owned by the concrete guys? Yeah, so this, this that might be. What I, yeah, we'll talk about that one. Okay. later. This Sorry. is a different parcel of land, um, and it turns out Francis Lee Robb Senior, because he's got three names too, <laughs> is also a convicted murderer. Senior makes four. No, Senior's not a name. It's a suffix. Okay. Uh, okay. Watch American Choppers. They call him Senior all the time. He pled guilty to uh, second-degree murder in conjunction with a drug deal gone awry. Uh, and apparently, police initially thought Garrison might have been responsible. And then they kind of backed off that he's just a person of interest now uh-huh. because he was able to provide so many details that weren't... Well, uh, so they thought he was potentially the murderer, but they but they also, I presume, got a, a name of the friend. Well, Francis Lee Robb. That was the friend? Yeah. Then? Well, that was the friend who owned the property that... I mean, it, I don't know that it was the friend. This is the guy who owned the property that um, Garrison's statements led the police to search. Mm. So, uh, who I'm also happens cop. to be a murderer. I'm so glad I'm not a cop and have to deal with that cat and mouse game of, yeah. well, yeah. I don't want to tell you who the friend is, but if you go to such and such address, oh, well, that's where Mr. Rob lives. Yeah. Well, is it Mr. Rob, your friend? Well, no, I don't want to rat out on my friend. It's but it's but just such get, a weird... Yeah. Time to get out the rubber hose, you know? Totally What's kidding. that? Time to get out the rubber hose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So next up is Gerald Carnahan. So it turns out Springfield, not a great place to be. Uh, Carnahan is serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole for the murder and rape of Jackie Johns in 1985, which actually happened not in Springfield. It was not a, uh, he was just living in Springfield in, in the early nineties. And he didn't actually get convicted of until this until 2010. Two, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He got away with it for a but long time. But it was time. a pretty awful murder. He beat her up really bad and he was actually on vacation with his family in a motel room and came back to the motel room and and his mom was like what happened to you he's like i got in a fight so she took him to the hospital because he was covered in blood and um he told the people in the er that he had bit his own tongue in a fight but the nurse was like nah somebody tried to bite your tongue out of your mouth like while you were doing something bad because just the way that the, 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 the direction of the crescent yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, they actually found Jackie's body, like, uh, like a hundred yards away from the motel that he was staying at. His criminal record is pretty long. I'm just going to read some in January on January 13th, 1994. Uh, he was charged with second degree burglary of a business. Um, on the same date, he was convicted of stealing from that business and arson to the yeah, same business. Yeah, apparently he was in he had some sort of a business himself and this was a, mm-hmm. com, a, competing, a competing business. Competing business, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's one yep. way to do it. Yep. On January 10th of that same year, he was charged with the attempted kidnapping of a girl uh in Springfield in 1993. Uh June 1st of 1994, same year, he was charged with the assault of a law enforcement officer and unlawful use of a weapon. So I guess spent a lot of time in jail. Yeah, he did. So I guess for me, his murder of of Jackie Johns was really, really brutal, and he did not clean himself up well. Granted, it was in 85, and uh, the Springfield 3 went missing in uh, 92. So he could have... Perfected. Perfected his art. God, I hate that I I said that. But he could have... 
He could have evolved. Evolved is the word I'm really looking for. Yeah, certainly uh, abducting and murdering three people. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't seem to be beyond this guy. No, I don't think so. But interesting fact, I, I don't think the police have ever questioned him in conjunction with this case. Really? Why not? I don't know. I, don't, I think they don't think that he's a suspect. I don't well, know why. I was going to say his M.O. doesn't seem to match. Yeah. Yeah, He's a no. messy, bloody, sloppy killer, which yeah. doesn't match up with the physical evidence that we have. Right, which yeah. is no physical evidence yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Next is Robert Cox. I don't like this guy. I'm sorry. I've started every single one of these with just a huge sigh because, oh my God, like how many horrible people in the early 1990s lived in Springfield? For real, though. You yeah, guys. but but actually, this there's insane. there's probably you know there's probably in every major city there's, there's probably just as I don't, many rapists no, I have to walk murderers. to my car tonight, so let's not. Mm. Oh well, I was gonna say you know if you ever really want to delve into the depths, I've got what is is it Murderpedia that is the list of serial killers and they're alphabetical by state. Mm-hmm. There's a and, lot of them, and it's just I mean I've done it. I've comb through it for different stories saying, okay, well, who was kind of active at that time? And it always takes about a dozen or so before I go, okay, stop reading it. Look at the active date because it is such a horrible thing yeah. to read. Like, I don't, I don't know how people can look into these kind of cases all the time. I know that's why we mix it up because yeah. I would go bunkers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There are, yeah, I don't know. I Got it. Some some FBI agent said at one time there's uh, anywhere from like seven to ten active serial killers in the U.S. at any given time. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Thank it's you for that. Yeah. You were walking <laughs> me to my car tonight. So, okay. Devin, we're going to turn on the porch light and we'll watch from the window. Thank yeah. you. And, as long uh, as it's not a dome light. Run. Yeah. Yeah. Something bad happens. We promise to like send a text to the police. <laughs> right, yeah. Thank you. Texting nine one one. So Robert Cox. Oh yeah, Robert Cox. Back to this Is guy. serving a life. Life sentence plus a consecutive 15-year federal sentence for a robbery in which he held a gun to a 12-year-old girl. Nice guy. Human shield. Yep. Uh, He was previously incarcerated on death row in 1990 for the brutal murder of a 19-year-old woman. Uh, But the Florida Supreme Court set him free after they determined there wasn't actually enough evidence to convict him, even though he had a trial of his peers and which Mm. they thought that he was guilty. Yeah. Apparently that wasn't enough. Well, Um, uh, sometimes, you know, you can can actually convict a guy on on bad bad or skimpy evidence just because some people on a jury, you know, they're like, you know... Well, he wouldn't be here if he wasn't guilty of something. So, yeah. hey. I mean, well, people... in fact, so he uh, had been extradited from California because he, he was serving a jail sentence in California. And then in Florida, they were like, oh, actually, we have this thing we want to charge him for. And they were like, yeah, it's a bigger sentence. No problem. Yeah, put him on death row. Take That's him. fine. Uh, and so once the Florida Supreme Court overturned his life, his death row sentence, he had, he went back to California to finish serving his sentence there. But I think it probably didn't help his case to be in there and for them to say like, okay, so where did you come from? And he was like, uh, jail in California for doing a crime. That probably didn't help. Yeah, that didn't help. probably not. That no. didn't help a whole we lot. We extradited you from another state. Mm-hmm. That's actually one of the reasons that a lot of these, uh, these guys that have killed so many, 
they'll never admit to all of them because mm-hmm. it they they will either admit to ones that are in states that don't have the death penalty yeah. or not admit to them if it is a state with the death penalty. Because I know that uh, Larry Dwayne Hall, that's one of the things, he, he won't admit to everybody. He won't even talk about them because mm-hmm. he knows that some of those states have the death penalty. Yeah. And I'm sure that Cox was probably, you know, looking at the same thing. Cox was a, is, is, he's still alive. And still is, in prison. Is a very terrifying Man, he's the one you look at. Have you, did you look at pictures of him? Oh, yeah. He's like a fairly attractive, charismatic guy who like doesn't necessarily look creepy. Like it's creepy to know what he did. See, that's probably I read about, about him before. And think about the fact that like if he if I were his age and he approached me in a bar, I would probably be like, yeah, you're cute. No problem. Which Bye, is a Kevin. scary thing to admit. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, like, sometimes serial killers look like that. Sometimes they're not ultra creepy. No, sometimes that's true. It's not till later in life they get that tattoo between their eyes on their yeah, forehead. Yeah, really, though. With the swastika. Yeah. So Charles the Manson. the Zell... Oh, um, I forgot to mention. So after after he finished his, his term... Term? Sentence. Yeah. Sentence. In California, he was released... And returned to his childhood home of Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yay, Springfield! Yay, uh, which is kind of a weird. Springfield's a weird little nexus point. Did you either of you notice that? Yeah. You look at it on the map. There is a lot of major arterials, freeways, and highways and stuff that kind of cut through it. Like the border of it, it almost looks like the. The, a triangle on its side, you know, like the play symbol on your uh, yeah. your DVD player. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's that shape. And that's because those three sides are created by major roads. Yeah. yeah. And so it's one of those places that, and we've talked about these kind of places before, they're dangerous to live in because every creep drifts through them. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is true. It's, it's a fairly large spread out town uh, and... And yeah, lots of highways. So yeah, you're getting all the all the worst of the worst driving through town at any given time. Well, the thing is, is, is uh, you know, it's hard to track down. But did you actually find where their house was uh, on the map? Uh, you know, I didn't. I, I looked at the hospital. We'll I well, hospital I found their already. house because yeah. if you dig deep enough, you can find their address. It's not so deep, yeah. But well, yeah. but it's that, a lot of the places just ignore it. Yeah. But the point is, I found the house. Mm-hmm. It's actually on. A main four-lane road. It's like a block off of yeah, it. Yeah, actually. Which makes it super easy to get in and out. An interesting thing about where uh, that witness saw maybe Susie driving the van was that it would have been if she had just taken a wrong turn instead of going to, to the highway, if she had taken a wrong turn. Like maybe she was trying to stall or mm-hmm. something. Because it was apparently pretty quick to get to the highway from their house. Yeah, it was right uh, there and then you were at the main business route. Yeah, so it was like kind of the area... I got the impression it was like a cul-de-sac, like neighborhoody area that would have been very clear that she wasn't going where she was supposed to, if she was supposed to be driving on the highway. Anyway, Cox, the the woman that, the family of the woman that he was on death row for killing, um, the Zeller family, uh, they never doubted that it was Cox that murdered um, their daughter. And so they actually did a creepy kind of horrible thing, but in this case, awesome thing. And they tracked him. They they made note of every time he moved 
Because this was before they actually oh. kept those lists yeah, in the public. Yeah, I don't think that's a creepy thing at all. I think it was probably good for them. Yeah. That's yeah, I don't see yeah. anything wrong with this. Yeah. No, so I think they they're doing um, a public service actually. Yeah, and when they found out that the Springfield three had gone missing and that Cox was in fact in the area at the time, they called the police and said, Hey, just so you know, this dude who's like a couple times convicted murderer and abductor and overall horrible human being was in the area this is kind of like his mo you should check him out um and the police have questioned cox a number of times he's currently in jail in texas they've questioned him like three times i think and every single time it's very clear that he's toying with them whether he did it or not he's getting off on toying with them and uh, yeah well, it's probably absolutely probably good entertainment for him i mean there's not a lot to do in prison yeah that's true Cox. Have you seen the, 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 the? He gave an interview with a uh, reporter once. Yeah, and that's the one that we all get to watch. I hate that interview. Oh, he is so God, oh. horrible. Yeah. He says um, he stated multiple times, like deadpan to camera. Well, I know they're dead, and I know they're buried somewhere near the city. I just know. I just what know. Is it, how do you say, know that? Do you know? I just he know. Says, I just. I just know. Actually, you know, they probably are dead and buried somewhere near the city. It's highly likely. And that uh, maybe yeah. he may be, you know, pulling the same card that all those drugstore psychics do. Mm-hmm. But he's pulling it off in a way creepier really, way because really he doesn't creepy. have the turban yeah. and he doesn't have the globe. Yeah. Well, so the, there are some other really big problems with the Cox thing is that he, they did they questioned him because of the Zeller. It was it was quick. It wasn't like. Months and months after the women went missing, they uh, heard about this once it hit the national news and they called the police. Um, and so within a week, they were they were questioning Cox. And he said, oh, you know, um, it couldn't have possibly been me because I was with my girlfriend. Yes, he had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And her he kid, looked normal. And we were actually at church early on Sunday morning, so I couldn't have been involved at all. I, you know, I was at home asleep and then we woke up and went to church. And his girlfriend corroborated that story she said oh yeah no he we went to church that morning everything was normal he was there uh and it wasn't until later after they broke up and he was convicted of another crime that they re-questioned her and she said oh no no i was lying yeah no he wasn't home i don't know where he was yeah here's a question Hmm. you know i think we've talked about this before maybe not but i just always wonder how far is it routine to go to check a witness alibi. In other words, when the girlfriend says, yeah, we were at church, to say, oh, really? Okay, great. What church do you go to? What's the name of the pastor? And then go to the damn church and yeah. ask the people who were there. That's what makes this kind of a weak alibi, is because it's pretty easy to break. Yeah. <laughs> that was... So I just don't know. It depends on how big the church community is. I mean, really... You know, if it's a really big community, it's totally reasonable to expect that nobody would be able to remember if, you know, one man was missing from a group. I don't know. They should have. You're right. They absolutely should have. The parish knows if, oh, yeah, she always comes by herself. He he works late, she says. Or, yeah, it was weird. He wasn't there that time. Like, those things come out. People love to talk about each other. Yeah, but it's less than... Less so if it's like, yeah, he comes with her sometimes, he doesn't other times. I don't know what happened yeah, this that's time. That's true. You know? yeah. Anyway, it turns out he had, he had another alibi. Which he, was? turns out he, um, after that one fell through, he, he, he swore up and down that he was at his, he stayed the night at his parents' place. But his, yep. parents, his parents corroborated that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not Oh, that's right, because that the, the girlfriend backed out. Yeah. 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 Then he said, no, no, I was at my parents' house, but... At that point... 
I would just not be believing the guy. Me yeah. too. Although even if he didn't have a, a good alibi, it doesn't mean he, he killed anybody. True. Yeah. Well, actually, I guess he did kill somebody, but not, <laughs> not, not, not the Springfield too. No, yeah, not maybe, maybe not. Um, so he actually did. He worked with Stacy's father. Um, for a while, not when they went dis- went missing, but uh, he did work with um, her father and would have met her when she brought dinners to her father at work sometimes. Was he, her father was in the service department? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Service department of what? I think it was like a mechanic shop. Where he it was, was a dealership. Working. Yeah, a dealership. Yeah. So he was working on cars there. And then uh, Cox didn't have that job anymore. And actually, when the women went missing, he was uh, employed as a utility locator, mm. which means that he was the guy who would knock on your door and say, hey, there's a problem with your gas line. You got to get out at two o'clock in the morning. It would help to have an official van and an official uniform. Yeah, sure would. Although the, uh, the the green van didn't seem to have gas company printed on the side of it, did it? No, but yeah. if you've got a dude with the uniform, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he had a magnet. <laughs> they make those. Well, I was going to say, is, you know, I don't, the magnets weren't that common yeah. at that time. I remember them kind of coming out in the early 90s. But I also, I don't think personally that I look for the gas company van mm-hmm. because you look to see if the guy's in his uniform because yeah. the gas company has so many people and so many vehicles. Mm-hmm. God knows what the guy's going to drive. Yeah. yeah, especially if your porch light is out. You're not going to be able to see if there's writing on the side of the van probably as much. True. Um, well, you know, maybe the guy just showed up with the gun and didn't bother with the uniform. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And actually, uh, Cox had abducted a woman in 1985. Uh, that seemed to be a big year for getting abducted. <laughs> um, she was in an airport parking lot, um, and he pulled a duffel bag full of automatic weapons and survival gear out of his trunk and threw it in her car and instructed her to drive to the mountains. She managed to escape by somehow convincing Cox that they should stop by her friend's house. He's an idiot. He uh, might yeah, be really. dumb. Yeah. Um, and then Cox uh, held the friend hostage at gunpoint until the police arrived and arrested him. He's still an idiot. And yeah. he had, it turns out the way he had, he had just forced her to drive by sticking a gun in her side, which I think is an important note because he could have been forcing Stacy to drive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's very easy. He could have. Pulled a gun on one. Mm-hmm. The other two, okay, you kneel down or I, I shoot her in the side. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you tie her up. Now mm-hmm. you tie her up. Mm-hmm. Now, you, now you drive. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's a very easy uh-huh. order to guess yes. at how it might have happened. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I, hmm, I think he's a strong contender yeah, he's a, I don't. of people who could have done it. You I don't? still don't. Why not? It's uh, it's another one of those too easy. He's gr- made so many grandstanding attempts, mm-hmm. or not attempts, but he's just stood up and he shouted at the world so many times, I know something about this case, when at the same time it's, I'm locked in prison forever and nobody cares. Uh-huh. Like he yeah. just wants something to be to people to look at him because it's not uncommon for these guys to have this goal of I'm going to go down in history as this. And then when that whole thing falls apart, crap, what else will I be remembered for? I got to do something. And so they, they, you know, they kind of spitball something else together. Sure. I just, he just, 
he begs for attention. Sure. He begs for it sure. too much for me to, sure. to buy him. That's now, right. hasn't he said that he knows what happened, but he's not going to tell until after his mother dies? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that right there, that's a total crap line. Yeah. Absolute garbage. Mm. You know what? You just don't want to tell. You want people to to, to root for your mom to die. Yeah. That's the thing. Is why, why did somebody kill his mother? <laughs> and then, like, it's all yeah, like, really. at the bottom of this. It's yeah. okay. Okay, your, your mom just happened to have a little accident in the parking lot. And, the, uh, <laughs> so. You know, they do this crap on TV is they say, I'm sorry, your mom died. Mom is totally in on it. Family's totally in on it. Call dad. Dad... Yeah, she died. Yeah, it yeah. was so tragic. It was so sudden. And then the cops are like, hey, so hey, you remember us? I mean, like, this, this could totally, <laughs> yeah. totally be done. And I'm sure it's been done before. I don't think it could in his case because his parents have provided his alibi for him. Okay, yeah, so somebody kills his parents. <laughs> right? I mean, like, at some point, it, like, they are supporting him. Either he was at their house, and so they are confident that he didn't do it, so they don't need to fake the death because he has nothing to say. Or... He wasn't, and they know he wasn't, and they know he did something, and they're not going to fake the death because why they're backing him up already and makes them liars. Maybe the simplest thing to do is just kill her. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is okay. So we've got we've got in the wrong, wrong direction of trying to get an answer direction. to this case. Yeah. Mm. The other really big question is where are their remains? Right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So there's a hospital in uh, Springfield called Cox Hospital. I think it's Cox. Isn't it Cox Memorial South Hospital or something like something, that? Something. It's a very long name. Yeah, yeah. It's a long name. There's no relation. Yeah. Oh, to, to the the serial to guy Robert we, Cox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in 1992, they were in the process of building a new parking garage that was poured concrete. A lot of people believe that their remains are actually, the Springfield three remains are in the So the body of all three women are there. All the bodies, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. And Some, did, who, did, did they originally get a tip about this? Or is this just They actually something? got a lot of tips about it. Um, like a lot of tips. I don't remember how many. It was. I would say it was more than 50 people Enough called to... and said, I think their remains are probably there. And the garage has been surveyed by a engineer of some kind. I can't remember what kind of engineer he is, but he, they have like, he has like the sonar technology that... It's like a ground underground... Penetrating. Yeah. Ground, ground, ground penetrating radar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not sonar. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Um, and he actually worked uh, with the government after 9-11 to help recover the bodies after all of that stuff. So he's got a pretty solid track record. That's correct. He's credible. He came out and scanned the garage and um, they... They didn't say really anything. They just said, We're see, we want to see if there are some anomalies here. And he did the little And that's a reporter thing. who brought him out, right? Uh, she's an investigative reporter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's the one who started yeah. this train. I, I think yeah. she actually even even hired him to do she the She did. What's out of what's, pocket. It's, uh, what's her name? Kathy uh, something. Starts with yes. an R. Baird? Baird. Baird. With a D. Yeah. Um, and she hired him to come out, and I... You know, the story is presented that she said, we don't, we just want to know if there's some anomalies here. And he scanned the whole thing and he said, yeah, uh, there's three right here. Uh, two are parallel and one is perpendicular to them. And, you know, it's not a perfect picture, but if I had to guess, it would be kind of what we would see at a grave site. Yeah. And he guesses um, they were about three feet down, right? Yep. He said it was about three feet down. And she said, cool, let's dig this thing up. And the police said, nah. 
Yeah, they're not excited. She doesn't about have it. the best relationship no. with the Springfield police. For being an investigative reporter, she seems to have really rubbed them the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that most of these murmurs come from her, but there are murmurs out there that there's been kind of a willful mm, slowing down or something similar of this case i don't buy it but there are some people out there who say like you know the police aren't doing everything they could which uh, in this one instance i will agree like it wouldn't be so hard to get a freaking core sample yeah you don't need to this tear area. up the whole don't yeah. you don't have to tear the whole thing up just yeah. take a core sample like near one of the anomalies and, and stick a pull... camera down there that's what they're gonna do yeah it's or a two inch hole yeah hey, stick a camera or you get one of those body sniffing dogs and just let them loose nearby and see if he makes a beeline for the hole yeah you know, there's I mean, all kinds of ways to check on that yeah so that would be well i you know i've, I've actually i've thought about this a lot okay so the hospital doesn't want to do it no. unless they have to. Right. So, of course, their statement is, we will comply with any request from law enforcement. And law Note for- that they say law enforcement in this case. And law enforcement's not enthusiastic about and it. And law enforcement's yeah. not enthusiastic. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that at this point, law enforcement is not enthusiastic because they know they're going to get nowhere. Like, they've been dealing with it for over 20 years. They are tired of people bringing it up because they've gone to every length. And if they look they're going to open up another can of worms. Because if they find something, they're going to have to dig it up. And then it's going to be, well, we found the bodies, but we don't know jack squat. Or, look, the bodies aren't there. And people are just going to bring the whole thing up. And I think it's total bad publicity for that police department. I guess. I I think it's it's actually worse uh, for them to just be sitting on their hands and not not taking taking advantage of this because I, I don't disagree with that it at all. It would not cost much of anything to do some core samples. Actually, but, you don't even need to do three; just do one. But you know what? The the guy in charge he says, "I don't want us to go through this uh, this guano storm that's about to erupt. If we open this up, we're just going to push it aside and do nothing." He doesn't think about it that way. He just thinks, "I don't have to. We don't. We, we're not going to deal with it. We're just done. We're done. I'm finished." That's all they're doing. I know that's what they're thinking. Can we talk about the farm real quick? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so this is my my interesting little bit about this theory, I guess, that they're buried there. Um, The police have searched this area in Webster County twice, uh, once in 1993 and then again in um, 2002. The first time they refused to disclose what they found there. So they could have found absolutely nothing so whatsoever. They could have found absolutely nothing whatsoever, but they the way they refused to disclose it is they said that there were private details pertaining to the case that they discovered, so they weren't going to release any of the details. Um, which is a suspicious way to say we didn't find anything, but it's a way that you could say. But we they didn't might have found anything. something that was unrelated to the case that yeah. led them to a completely different case. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Hey, look! It turns out the guy's got a giant pot farm. Yeah, cool. The second time they went, it was because two women called in a tip. The specifics of said tip are hazy at best. Um, But they did say that two men who were employed at the local concrete company owned this property in the 1990s. um, And that the men owned a van that was very similar to the one described. And also that the men left the area, the Springfield area, like within two weeks of the Springfield 3 disappearing and i think it's interesting just just on pure coincidence i guess 
since with this, it's easy to just go on pure coincidence that two dudes who own a van that's similar to this, that their, their land was searched really soon after that, who happened to work for the local concrete company, which likely provided the poured concrete for said. Therefore they'd known the site. They'd known the site and would have been able to go and like lay some concrete and probably people wouldn't be like, Oh, there's an extra layer of concrete there. But, uh, this tip from these two women came at like 10 years after the fact? 2002, yeah. Yeah, why, why, why did it take them so long to remember this? I, I don't know if it took them so long to remember it, if they didn't come forward. I don't know what. And it may have been in conjunction with, because that's about the time, and I can't remember exactly when, they did the um, search for the anomalies. The ground pe- the penetrating radar. The ground penetrating radar. radar, but it could have been that it was similar. It was close to that as soon as they started saying you know, they might be in the concrete that these women were like, Oh, actually that would, mm. that's weird. So um, the, the police would there would therefore have the names of these two men, correct? I presume, but I've never seen them released anywhere. Mm-hmm. The names. I am really intrigued. And I agree with both of you that just take this core sample, see what the hell's down there. Yeah. But at the same time, I've worked on enough construction sites to know that, holes in the ground because ground penetrating radar is not perfect it's not what you see on the tv it doesn't give you this crystal clear image oh yeah it's just this weird black and white line thing i mean there's nothing great about it and i worked on enough construction sites where the dumb guy with the shovel or the backhoe kept digging more than he needed to and the boss yelled at him and told him to stop and so he smoothed it out and then they poured stuff on top of it. Yeah, although... Like that's, it could be as simple as that. It could. Oh, yeah. They're kind of suspiciously laid out for it to be that, but it could be that. I'm not willing to rule anything out. Well, that's why I'm saying like the guy with the backhoe. He, he takes a, a grab, mm-hmm. he takes another grab, he's goofing around he maybe. turns, takes another grab. Yeah, like I've been at sites sure. where the, the guy in charge who shouldn't have been in charge is like, hey, you want to run the little backhoe? It's yeah. really fun. Yeah. And then I watch some idiot like wail somebody's house with a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. But no. I'll, I'll tell you guys later. <laughs> no. But, yeah. But yeah, here's the thing though is that, uh, you, you know, it doesn't, it isn't necessarily corpses, but we are looking for three bodies. There are three anomalies which are all side by side mm-hmm. down there. All we know is that the, the plane of, is it the plane of the soil? The, the profile, the, mm. the horizons have been disturbed. Yeah. They're not at the same compaction. That's what it's, it's figuring out. Yeah, yeah. And so I, They're I, different. Yeah, so it means worth, somebody dug. It's worth checking out, you know? Yeah. Let's face it. it just seems like just do it. It'd yeah. be easier. Yeah. Anyway, and as my last thought, Cox seems like a cocky enough kind of dude that if there were some way to dispose of some bodies in some way that would be like his name, if he did it. I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to find out that he managed to somehow bury them in a construction site next to the Cox Hospital just because he was kind of a jerk like that. Yeah. It would be, uh, would be kind of like an in-your-face kind of thing. Yeah. Remember me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, that's this. I don't have... I'm sorry. I don't. It's not solved. <laughs> I have nothing else. That's oh, it. I, I'm pretty sure that they're on Vesuvius 257. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's a good the theory. only happy that's, answer. Those are your happy places that you go. Which yep. is just they were they were abducted. they were abducted by cute, cuddly kitten aliens. Yeah, and then dissected <laughs> and spent their days petting kittens and feeding uh-huh. them happy kibble. Uh-huh. That's yeah. really the only way to go with this. Story. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's possible they're alive. I mean, maybe they were sold into slavery. <laughs> 
God, Another oh happy way to go. No, happy, that's not a happy, that's not a happy, happy ending way. either. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. no and you know, I don't. I that seems strange because people getting sold into slavery are usually very young and individuals who are very they they are in that really risky lifestyle and they're very mm. vulnerable. Three adult women. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't seem like a, ooh, we got a cash crop right there. I agree. Yeah. No, I wasn't being too serious there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, wasn't, uh, I, don't, right. I don't think they were sold into slavery. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, no signs of a struggle, nothing really mm-hmm. out of the ordinary. There shouldn't have been a struggle, really. And, and they... that's one one good thing about the, the whole contamination of the, of the the house is that if the guy just basically walks in with a gun, or guys, walks in and says, oh, you're coming with us. And leads him out again. There really wouldn't have been much of any way, anything in the world, in, in terms of evidence, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, the neighbors aren't particularly far away, and they didn't hear any any struggles or anything like that. So that, I mean, at least we know nobody cleaned that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. There's the happy mystery. You guys asked for this one. <laughs> And you've got more coming than you asked for. They're all really happy stories. They are really happy, all of them. Like, I am going to have to spend a lot of time meditating on narwhals because this is going to be a fun month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add? No. Cool. Well, uh, if you want to read some of the links that we used to research or um, you want to download the episode or... You, you already know where to download it. You don't need that information. <laughs> yeah. um, you can go ahead and check out our website. That website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. We are on iTunes. As you know, leave us a comment and rating, subscribe, stream us anywhere, leave us comments there, I guess, too. That's a thing, right? Yep. Oh. Cool. We are on social media. You can find us on Twitter at thinkinsideways. Uh, we've got Facebook, the group, and the page, and we have a subreddit. Um, I forget about that thing. Yeah, I know. I know you do. Everybody does. It's, <laughs> I, know, I do, too. It's I really, really dead. It's and, very yeah. sad. You can send us an email if you have something to add or suggestions or just want to say hey. Or just um, want to tell us how awesome we are. Yep. Uh, that email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com, and we're on Patreon if you feel like uh, supporting the show. You should head over to patreon.com slash thinking sideways. Um, and thanks. That having been said, I'm going to get out of here. The three of us are going to disappear. How many weeks are in the month of October? Oh, four, four plus. I just realized we screwed up. Why? There are five Thursdays in this month. All right. Five episodes. Ah! That's okay. Five episodes of Most Wanted. It's fine. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Ta ta. Narwhals. Beep, beep.